Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where our editors and reporters discuss the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today, my guest is Chris Clow, Editor of Reverse Mortgage Daily, which is part of the HW Media family. Before we jump in, though, here's a word from our sponsor. TMS is out to grow happiness for you and your customers. From the way they pick up the phone to the innovative, intuitive technology that makes things easier for you and your customers, TMS is all about providing the best experience in the industry. It's why they have grown to one of the top 10 in the nation and why they've earned a 98% customer satisfaction rate. Partner with TMS and see for yourself at subservicing.themoneysource.com. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Ah, we love having you on and finding out all the things that are happening in the reverse world. Uh, and there's quite a bit of news going on. So the first one I'd like to jump into is a, is a story you covered recently on the fact that complaints, uh, reverse complaints to the CFPB had been accelerating. Yeah, so this is actually something that I checked in on initially a couple of years ago, actually, because the CFPB kind of made a public uh, showing of the fact that they were reshaping their consumer complaint database. And it's actually available uh, for, for anybody to take a look at, but I don't know how many other people are looking necessarily at the reverse mortgage side of the equation when it comes to consumer complaints. But um, yeah, I decided to take a look at, uh, at, at how the complaints were shaping up, particularly during the pandemic period. Because when I first took a look at this, it was, I believe it was late summer of 2020, which was the first time that I decided to, to see how it was shaping up. And complaints in the reverse mortgage segment actually were trending down in comparison to pre-pandemic. And uh, now that we are approaching our second full year of being embroiled in, in the COVID-19 pandemic, it just seemed prudent to, to find out how those complaints were shaping up and whether or not it was still on a, a stable downward trajectory or if it had gone up. And I frankly would have been surprised if, it, if things had gone down. But no, um, the, the complaints related to the reverse mortgage segment specifically have gone up in, uh, in the period between March of 2020 and, uh, and the end of January of 2022. Um, and it's interesting to compare because Similarly to the last analysis that I did, I took a look at uh, at years of complaint data between August of 2017 and February of 2020, which was right before the pandemic was declared, and uh, things had averaged out in terms of reverse mortgage complaints uh, to about 26.9 per month. Um, but the three-month average over the period seen between October of 21 and January 2022 is 43, which is quite a bit higher. And it seems like that acceleration has really happened very recently because uh, in November of 2021, which was by far the, the highest or it had the highest number of, of reverse mortgage-related complaints submitted to the Bureau, that was at 51 
And uh, there's a whole host of, um, of reasons that underpin what, uh, what caused consumers to submit those complaints. But it's notable considering that there's a lot of economic discontent right now. So naturally, that would flow into the reverse mortgage segment. Yeah, great reporting there. Um, and I think they have some broad categories. So what did you find when you, said, when you looked at like what are the major complaints that people had? What kind of categories? Yeah. So um, as, as I describe in the story, the general nature of the complaints varied, but far and away, the, the largest uh, reason that was given for consumers had to do with, quote, trouble during the payment process. And it doesn't necessarily go into detail about what that means. It's a bit of an assumption on my part, and I didn't include it in the story because it's an assumption on my part, but trouble during the payment process, I would assume has to do with processing. Um, so, uh, nearly 45% of all of the complaints recorded during the pandemic period, uh, said it was trouble during the payment process that, uh, that caused them to reach out to the CFPB in this way. Uh, struggling to pay was the next most common reason. And that was just under 20% of, uh, of, of reasons that were given. Uh, so, a lot of this just seems to be tied, as I said before, to the general economic difficulty that a lot of people are facing. And we know now uh, that seniors are certainly not being spared from that, particularly as uh, inflation has been kicking up over the past several months. You know, that struggling to pay seems like maybe a, a little bit different. I mean, there's no way for us to know really if that means like I'm having trouble affording my payments or I, I, you know, an operational issue of the payments aren't going through or some sort of issue like that. Yeah. Well, and I'm part of it too, because a big source of, of uh, storytelling that I've had to do in my reporting over the past couple of years during the pandemic has been uh, through FHA's uh, creation of a lot of different loss mitigation options for borrowers. And uh, servicers have been encouraged, you know, to, to reach out to their borrowers proactively to tell them, hey, this is an option if you have trouble, uh, you know, making if, if you're choosing to make payments, trouble with that. Um, but also just different relief measures that are available to borrowers precisely because of the pandemic issue. People aren't really in a position where they know about a lot of these loss mitigation options in spite of this educational effort that has been pushed by HUD and by FHA and um, certainly by counselors and, uh, and in, in, to a lesser degree servicers, but they're certainly a component of it. And uh, the lack of ability for borrowers to know that there are certain options available to them, especially when it comes to things like forbearance, for instance... Uh, or it, it's it's not exactly the same as for the way that forbearance works on a forward side, but kind of gets borrowers to the same destination. Uh, it, it, like most things with reverse mortgages, it just seems to be coming down to an educational issue. And it's understandable why that would be the case. There's a lot of the dynamics that are shifting in relation to reverse mortgages. And it's already at uh, reverse mortgages in general are already prone to having a lot of changes implemented. But it just shows how important it is for uh, active, proactive borrower communication to let them know, hey, if you have any trouble with your reverse mortgage, reach out to your servicer. And, uh, and, and not very many people seem to be getting the message, or at least not as many as could be getting the message. Well, we're seeing that on forward too, right? Uh, just 
getting in touch with the borrowers and getting those borrowers to get back in touch with their servicers has been a huge problem. In fact, our um, the current issue of Housing Wire magazine is uh, about how borrowers are ghosting their servicers, right? Because it, you know they are under the scrutiny of regulators. So the fact that you know the CFPB is seeing uh, an uptick in complaints. That will not go unnoticed, right? Uh, whether forward or reverse, the the regulators are looking very closely at lenders and servicers to make sure that they're they're doing what they need to do for borrowers during this period. Yeah, and that uh, reverses is no exception to that. Um, but it's also affected more because of the the relatively recent transition in, in presidential administrations. You know, there were certainly a lot of uh, of relief measures that were handed down by the last stewards of FHA and HUD, but a lot of those priorities have changed. Not in reverse, it's probably to a lesser degree because, um, you know, appraisal relief, instructing servicers to delay reverse mortgage due and payable requests during this period that is under a national emergency, uh, delaying foreclosures and evictions. Those are all things that have remained reasonably well in place with a couple of exceptions. But um, moving over to a new presidential administration, uh, some of the priorities have shifted. But for instance, this White House has requested additional funding for housing, and it worked really hard at the beginning to pass the American Rescue Plan Act that had a $10 billion homeowners assistance fund. And uh, for certain uh, reverse mortgage borrowers, they can access homeowners assistance fund money, uh, particularly in order to pay things like property taxes and homeowners insurance, which for people on a fixed income can put people underwater, can put seniors underwater. So these are all options that are available to people, but reverse mortgages, like pretty much everything, are not prone to, uh, or or are, are just as prone, I should say, to shifting political realities as well. Well, speaking of shifting political realities and the FHA, um, you recently published um, an op-ed piece from Steve Irwin, who's the president of the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association, or or we call it NERMLA, right? Um, and on this topic of the FHA, and, and can you kind of give us a, a little taste of what that opinion piece was about? Yeah, well, I mean, he he really made it easy for me in terms of publishing it on the site by placing his his thesis argument in uh, pretty pretty much upfront in in the story. So he basically says that the Federal Housing Administration (FHA) should not be in the reverse mortgage servicing business. Uh, he says that companies that specialize in servicing HECMs uh, should be able to see a HECM case through to its proper conclusion. That's what he says. So he elaborated on that. Um, I'll just read a quote here. He said, quote, enabling a current HECM servicer to continue with its loan administration duties post-assignment benefits HECM borrowers. The servicer has an established relationship with the borrower, and the borrower knows where to call with questions or to request loan advances. Files do not have to be transferred and onboarded, an area where much confusion has occurred each time HUD has had a new contract servicer take over. Um, and that doesn't happen abundantly often. I believe the last time that uh, there was a transition to a new Heckam servicing contractor was in 2014. But uh, interestingly enough, I was contacted by a reverse mortgage industry educator who, prompted by my CFPB data story, uh, broke out the, the, um, the, the companies that have the highest levels of complaints 
And right at the top of the list was the current HUD HECM servicing contractor. So it seems like a lot of the issues have been stemming uh, from servicing, at least when it comes to the most consumer-facing components of, uh, of the equation, um, and uh, advocating for a change to HECM servicing policies and uh, HUD and FHA's involvement in them has been a very, very common talking point for the reverse mortgage industry the entire time that I have worked at this publication. That's so interesting. You know, we know that the CFPB specifically looks at the way the reports are trending. One of the ways that they use the complaint database is to see if things are going up. So the fact that they're seeing that um, that kind of complaint going up is not going to go unnoticed by them. And we know this whole year, the whole last year, um, starting with the new administration, regulators are on point. Uh, very, very focused on this. So we, we will keep uh, keep an eye on that. But I'm glad that we published that. It's a, it's a really interesting piece. I love to see industry leaders publishing things, and then and then we can get the conversation going. Really, um, you know, our, all of our pages function like we have the news, we have the information, we also have that those opinion pieces, which sort of function as the opinion page of a newspaper. Right? People can can you know we. I love seeing industry leaders chime in and then all the comments that we get that may or may not support them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always really beneficial, I think, just in general for uh, people in a particular industry to stay as dialed in as they can to their trade media um, because we do command a lot of attention uh, from all over the spectrum of the industries that we cover, certainly in, in my arena, you know, I know for a fact that there are officials at HUD and FHA that read RMD on a regular basis. There are people in the CFPB who keep an eye on what we're saying. And that's to say nothing of the executives at, at top level lenders, uh, in addition to underwriters, appraisers, brokers, originators, of course, are our bread and butter. And, and uh, they are critical in keeping us informed of what the industry landscape is. So when you have an industry leader who actively uh, discusses the priorities of, of the trade association, but also just the general uh, tenor of the industry and the things that are happening within it. That is critical to getting an accurate picture of everything that's taking place in the industries that are covered. So I cannot uh, stress enough um, that, you know, we, we really love to, to have these kinds of commentaries published and we will continue to, and we would encourage any industry leader, uh, in the reverse sector, of course, for my end, but also just broadly at housing wire, uh, to get in touch with us and, um, and, and potentially contribute, uh, to expand the understanding of, of your colleagues, uh, perspectives on what's happening and what's important in the businesses right now. Absolutely. I love that. And and as you said, we we love seeing that. Well, let's go to a little bit lighter topic now. Uh, one of the one of the uh, stories that you reported on recently was the fact that AAG, so one of the biggest uh, reverse mortgage lenders, had extended its reach to TikTok. So, you know, we're very familiar with reverse uh, advertising on TV, on radio, on, but but TikTok was a surprise to me. So tell me what you found out in that story. Oh, it was a surprise to me too. <laughs> I mean, um, this is actually something that uh, just kind of barely came across 
the various things that I try to, uh, to, to keep up on in terms of like alerts that I have coming at my direction whenever reverse mortgage is mentioned or whenever specific lenders are mentioned. Um, I try to, to have a pretty broad uh, reach just in terms of what the public conversations are like when it comes to these topics. But yeah, when I saw American Advisors Group and TikTok, I knew that I had to look a little bit deeper. So basically what had happened is that AAG for a while has had a uh, like a sponsored partnership with a, a woman named Beverly Mahoney, who has been an influencer in the senior space for several years now. She has written a few books on on topics of like intergenerational relations between millennials and baby boomers, for instance. Um, but she also has a podcast and a video show that uh, basically just tries to take the temperature of things that are important to seniors and things that they should keep in mind as they either approach or enter retirement or, uh, you know, what it's like to maintain uh, your standard of living on a fixed income and various industries that could be important to seniors. And one of the, yeah, one of the partnerships she maintains is with AAG and she linked up with AAG because she and her husband at one point had considered getting a reverse mortgage. They ultimately decided against it, but, uh, the fact that she commands a specifically senior audience that provides inherent value to AAG in trying to, to connect and get their message out. So they had formed a, a more formal um, arrangement between the two of them. And uh, Beverly's, I got to talk to her for a long time um, to, to fuel the story, but her 15-year-old grandson, a member of Generation Z, who is very dialed into TikTok as a social media platform, recommended that she take advantage of her experience as a as a former journalist and as an educator uh, and and talk about words, her love of words, her love of vocabulary and trying to introduce new words to people uh, if they may not have really ever encountered such words before. So she created a vocabulary challenge um, and uh, has a word of the day that she posts every day on TikTok. And she has amassed over 500,000 followers on the platform, which is especially in reverse mortgage circles. I mean, that's just, that's huge. And TikTok is a really interesting platform and it's certainly never interacted with stories that I've done about reverse mortgage marketing because uh, upwards of half of its users are uh, between the ages of 10 and 34. So not people who qualify now for a reverse mortgage, but um, the industry, as most people are aware who read RMD, is all about proselytizing, all about spreading the message and uh, just relaying this as a potential option that people can have in retirement. So when this vocabulary challenge was established on the back of the rather sizable following that she has cultivated on the platform... It didn't take a lot of convincing for AAG to sponsor a $500 grand prize. And uh, what does that get? Well, it gets more exposure for the brand, certainly, but it's also uh, a, a broader exposure to the concept of, of home equity tapping in general and reverse mortgages specifically. So this was a very unique occurrence. I've never written a story like this in my time at RMD. And, you know, Bev is just a, is a charming uh, engaging and charismatic person who is a joy to talk to. So this one was a lot of fun for me to put together. I really like seeing them do something so different. One of the things you and I have talked about before is the fact that one of the conversations that seniors need to have is 
it's not just a reverse mortgage decision is often not just their decision. They need to have the the support of family to really come behind them, even if it's their money to do that. And so, you know, going to a different format, going to a different medium is just smart. I mean, I mean, my kids, so I'm, I'm a Gen Xer myself. You just, you just went right over us. You went from, from Gen Z to millennials to baby boomers. So here's my typical Gen X complaint that we always get (laughs) overlooked. But um, anyway, I think that, you know, all my kids are millennials and Gen Z and none of them have cable, not, not one. They, they just do streaming services. So you think about how are you going to reach them? I mean, TikTok is the, the perfect way to do that. Not because, you know, they're to your point, not that they're necessarily getting a reverse mortgage any time soon, but this is how you change the future. And I think it's smart of AAG to jump on that and just shows that they're, you know, they're looking to innovate. We, we've fe- featured different people on TikTok who do an amazing business in the forward space uh, through TikTok. I mean, just, just gangbusters. So smart idea and, and smart use of their marketing dollars, I think. Yeah, well, and, and AAG, uh, probably to the surprise of nobody, because they are so present on, on the airwaves in terms of their television commercials, they really do uh, drive reverse mortgage industry advertising because they invest so much in their public facing materials. You know, the fact that they have a, a spokesman uh, like Tom Selleck on staff is really. Uh, indicative of the amount of investment that they want to put into their advertising. Um, you know, people feel different ways about the the presence of a celebrity spokesperson when it comes to trying to sell a product like this. But at the same time, too, uh, just getting the word out is is really important to this industry's future because it is considered such a niche right now. And levels of home equity among seniors are only going up. I was talking to an originator literally right before we started recording this show uh, in Northern California who sees uh, uh, strapped inventory in his local community and rising home values as a continued boon uh, that is just – it manages to avoid a lot of the headwinds that forward mortgages face. And he's very optimistic about how his business is going to go over the next year. So, uh, you know, the ability to communicate with a broad spectrum of people uh, to just offer up the potential alternative that home equity tapping can provide uh, is really important. And just for the record, I have tried to highlight Gen X a fair amount of times whenever the opportunity arises. (laughs) It doesn't happen very often, but you have seen some reverse mortgage lenders start to look beyond baby boomers and and start to lay some groundwork for the future about the kind of borrower that they're going to have to serve over the next decade or so. That's Gen X. And, uh, and X. you know, there's a wide variety of, uh, of financial stability that is exhibited among that generation. So reverse mortgages might provide an option. You've certainly seen it on the proprietary side where certain lenders are able to serve borrowers as young as 55 now. But it's not going to be too long before you have a, a, the oldest members of Gen X turning 62. And when that happens... Uh, there's going to have to be another shift in the direction of serving a new generation, just like the industry had to do with baby boomers several years ago. Well, Chris, I appreciate all those efforts because, you know, we (laughs) we need to be educated. And uh, actually, I just love uh, what you're doing at RMD. I feel like you're you're providing our 
audience with a really wide range of things from regulatory to what's happening in legislation to what's happening on the ground to marketing. And so it's a great source for anyone interested in what's happening in the reverse space. So thanks for being on Housing Wire Daily again, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon in a couple weeks. Oh, I really appreciate the chance to come on. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Much obliged. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwire.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.